Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I wouldn't ever February 5th, 2023. Susie O here and welcome everybody to the Women in Money podcast and everybody smart enough to listen. So today is Susie's school. But before we get into Susie's school, I just want to tell you I'm so excited. And I'm so excited because tonight is the Grammys, the awards for music. And Brandy Carlisle, who I love more than life itself, not more than KT though, right? I love her. She's up for eight awards and I just am so rooting for her. I can't even tell you. I love her song, You and Me on the Rock. It reminds me so much of me and KT. I can't even tell you. All right, a few things that I want you to know before I really, really get into Susie's school. And it's about student loans. And that's because for three years now, as many of you probably know, you haven't had to pay your student loan payments. Hopefully you were saving the money you should have been paying towards student loans and you haven't been paying towards student loans, but chances are you probably didn't. But here's what you need to know. Obviously, this August, we're still a long ways away from that. That is when it is scheduled for student loan repayments to start being made again. However, at the end of this month, we have the Supreme Court taking up Biden's loan forgiveness program, and they will rule on it. Here's what you have to know that 60 days after they have ruled on it, the litigation is over, you will have to start making student loan repayments again. So it's not going to be till August. It's going to be 60 days after the litigation is over. So the litigation starts right now around the end of February. So March, April, maybe it'll take them three months, May. And then you have 60 days, June, July, to start payments again. All right, that's only one month before August. But what if it only takes them a month or three weeks or a week to decide? That means 60 days from possibly the end of March, so April and May, you will have to start making student loan repayments again. So therefore, if you haven't been saving that money up, you might want to start saving it up now so you have something to pay when that 
time comes. All right. What Susie's School is about today is about are you getting the absolute most for your money, especially if you have invested in dividend paying stocks. So I just want you to imagine that you are in retirement. And by the way, whether you're in retirement or not, if you are invested in dividend paying stocks, you need to be listening to me now. So let's just say you are in retirement and you were in retirement in 2020 and interest rates were still really, really low. You couldn't get a good interest rate really anywhere. And you needed the income from the money that was in your retirement account, the interest on it or the dividends on it for you to live on. That's what you had planned on doing. You didn't want to have to take money from your principal. You wanted to live off of the interest it could earn or the dividends that it could earn. So around 2020, maybe you were listening to the Women and Money podcast and you heard me talk about energy and energy stocks and ETFs and how I really wanted you to invest in it. And many of you chose at that time to buy Chevron. So you bought Chevron and Chevron at that time was $69.50 right around there. And Chevron you chose because it was paying a 7.5% dividend. So you thought, oh, I can invest my money in this stock. I can get 7.5% in dividends. And therefore, oh my God, I can start to live on that money versus a quarter of a percent or whatever it was in a savings account. And the same was true really with treasuries and everything back then. You couldn't invest your money really anywhere and get even close to 1%. So you decided you were going to buy 1,000 shares of Chevron. You had a few hundred thousand dollars in your retirement account. You thought you could put almost $70,000 towards that because you're going to earn 7.42% on that money. So here's what you need to understand. So this is where I want you to start taking out your Susie notebooks because I want to break this down for you. This person bought Chevron simply for the dividend. They did not necessarily buy it for it to go up in value. They bought it for the dividend. At the time, Chevron was $69.50 a share, and it paid then $1.29 a quarter or $5.16 a year in dividends. So what that meant to this person is that they were going to be getting $5,160 a year in dividends for that year. Because Chevron also had a reputation of raising their dividends every year, which they have. Not by a lot, but by enough. Now, for those of you who want to figure out what is the yield 
on that? Like, how do you figure out, Susie, what that dividend percentage really is? One way that you can do it on your own is that you take the amount of money that they pay out per share, that would be $5.16 a year, and you divide that by $69.50, the amount of money that you paid for Chevron. And you would come up with 7.42% interest, which is what you would be making. So people are really, really happy. And they just kept this going and going and going for about three years. But they never stopped to think, are they still getting 7.42% on their money? This is where I want you to listen to me closely. As of Friday, Chevron was at $169.50. So, whoa, they made $100 a share. They owned 1,000 shares. So, they are up $100,000 on their investment. So, they have now approximately $170,000 invested in this stock. And Chevron is still paying a really nice dividend. They raised that dividend to $1.51 a quarter, which is $6.04 a year. So now they still own a thousand shares. So now their income is $6,040 a year. However, If you were to look at the yield of what they're really, really getting, rather than getting the 7.42% a year, now they really are only getting 3.56% a year in yield. How did I get there? You would take $1.51 a quarter, so you would times that by four, you get $6.04 a year in dividends. You would divide it by $169.50, and you would come up with 3.56% yield. So even though their income has gone up, you have to look at the money as to what is $169,000 really yielding them at this point in time. And it's really, like I just said, only yielding them 3.56%. Now, these people needed money to live on. That's what they needed. So is it smart that they just leave their money right where it is and only get 3.56% a year, or approximately $6,000 a year in dividends, or would they be better off? It's in a retirement account now. Listen to me. Would they be better off selling it here and taking that $169,500 and either buying 
a treasury note or possibly another stock in energy that pays a higher dividend. Stick with me here for one second. Let's just say they took that $169,500 and they invested it all in a one-year treasury bill or whatever it is, a certificate of deposit, and they were getting 4.7% on it. That would give them $7,966.50 a year in interest. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but that's $1,926 more per year in income than what they were getting just leaving it where in Chevron stock. That's 31% more. Are you all following me on this now? It's not enough for you to just invest your money and get your dividends and the stock that you happen to buy goes up and up and up and you think you're doing fabulous when the truth is you're not getting as much from your money as you could be if you then were able to take that money, especially if it was in a retirement account, and invest it in something that actually was giving you a higher yield. Because here we are, look at reality. Inflation went up. Their costs went up for everything. They're in retirement. This is all the money they have to live on. Another $150 a month is possibly enough to combat inflation for food. Do you see what I'm saying? So you have to get involved with your money and get the most out of it. Let me just give you another example. I don't care that energy is down as I'm doing this podcast right now. I still don't have a problem with energy at all. Now, remember, did I not tell all of you, if you're going to invest in Devon or XLE or Pioneer or whatever the stock was that I was talking about, I wanted you to do it for the dividend and the dividend alone. I did not want you to buy it so that it would go up in value. I wanted you to buy it for the dividend. If it happened to go up in its price, great. But if it didn't, you were still getting the income that you needed. So let's just take these people again, for example. They like energy. That's why they were keeping their Chevron stock. They have other money in here. They're diversified, so this isn't all of their money. So they decide they're going to take all $169,500 and they buy Pioneer. Now, just because I'm giving you this example does not mean that I want you to buy Pioneer. I just want you to hear this example, okay? Although Pioneer has been a great stock, and what can I tell you? But anyway, that's not the point of what I'm talking about right now. Again, they take all of their money and they buy Pioneer. And currently Pioneer is at $220 a share. So they have enough money now to buy 768 shares. So now they own 768 shares of Pioneer worth $169,500 when they buy it. 
Pioneer has been known for paying out the highest dividend yield of all stocks on the stock exchange. Now, I'm just going to even ratchet it down from what they're projecting it's really going to pay. But let's just say they pay between their base dividend, meaning what they normally declare, and what's called a variable dividend, because they are making so much money, they are actually giving money back to their shareholders in terms of a dividend. And let's just say that they're paying out right now $5 a quarter or $20 a year on 768 shares. If they were to get $20 a year in dividends, that's $15,360 a year in dividends. That's a yield to them of 9%. Big difference between 3.52% that they were getting and 9% now. If they get $15,360, let's say they did this and PXD, Pioneer, paid $5 every quarter, they would be getting $9,320 more a year what they would have been getting if they stayed in Chevron, which was $6,040 a year. Again, that's 65% more or $776 a month. All right. I just want us to get realistic here. What would $776 in this particular case What would that mean, do you think, to these people that are totally reliant on the income from their retirement accounts? It would really make a world of difference. So what I want all of you to do is I want you to look at your money, whether it's in retirement accounts, not in retirement accounts, and did you purchase a dividend-paying stock a long time ago? And it was paying you a nice yield when you originally purchased it, but has it gone up considerably since then? And you've just been holding on to it. I want you to figure out what your actual yield is right now. What are they paying you in dividends? Divide that by the price of the stock right now, and you'll get your dividend yield. And you will see, especially if it's an energy stock, the dividend yields have really gone down considerably since we did this back in March of 2020 when energy stocks had totally plummeted. So the question is, are you getting the most out of your money? It's really important for you to think about that. Now, you might not want to risk it. Maybe these people don't want to risk it in an energy stock. Fine. So buy a certificate of deposit. Buy a treasury note. You can do those things within your retirement accounts. Lock in all of that money. You didn't have to pay any taxes on it because it was in a retirement account. But look at how your income could absolutely increase simply by you paying attention 
to has your money grown? Is it in dividend paying stocks? What is the current yield on that money? And are you better off selling something now since you bought it for the dividend, you bought it for the income? Are you better off selling it right now and investing it in something that pays a nice dividend yield now, 5%, 6%, 7%, or even more? Now, obviously, this strategy works best for those of you who have money, dividend-paying stocks or ETFs or whatever it is within a retirement account. Outside of a retirement account, you have to really take into consideration the tax ramifications before you do something like this strategy. So just don't go doing it without consulting your CPA and what it would mean to you tax-wise if you did it. This strategy is mainly to be used, really, in retirement accounts. That was your Susie School. So before I bring this to an end, I just want to say a few things which are as follows. Obviously, last week, this was quite the week of the stock market, and it went up, it went down, it went all over the place. And I'm sure many of you are worried, oh, is it going to go straight up from here? Is it go- Should I have bought? Should I be putting my money into VTI? What should I be doing? I'm just going to reiterate, it's always wise if you have at least five years or longer till you need money, that if you want to be involved in the stock market, dollar cost average. And you can dollar cost average every month or every three months, up to you, however you can do it. But that way, when the markets go up and the markets go down, you're participating one way or the other. There is absolutely no way that I can know for sure, are these markets going to go up from here now? What are they going to do? I personally believe, and this doesn't mean that it's going to happen, I personally believe that the Standard & Poor's 500 index that closed at 4,136 on Friday was a good closing for it. I think we absolutely possibly, didn't love all the words I'm using to hedge what I'm saying here, we could see it go up to its new resistance level, which is 4,225. And that's where I think we could once again see a turnaround, and it's very possible that it could go back down to about 3,888, which is its support level. Now, a lot of you don't know what I'm talking about when I say resistance and when I say support. Go on to the community app, the Women in Money community app. If you don't have it, you can download it at Apple Apps or Google Play and search there for support, resistance. I did a whole podcast on it. So that's how you would start to learn about things. Okay. That was the lesson. And I have to tell you, for those of you who are retired and you're really looking for income, especially if your money is in retirement accounts, the lesson that I just gave you today was one of the more important lessons I've ever given on a Susie School on the Women and Money podcast. Play it over and over again till you understand exactly what I was trying to teach you today. So until Thursday, 
when Ms. Travis joins us again for an SKT and Susie Anything. There's only one thing that I want you to do every single day as soon as you wake up. I want you to repeat the following. Today, wherever I go, I will create a more peaceful, joyful, and loving world. That is the goal, everybody. If you can do that, and you have joy, and you have peace, and love in your life, you will make far more intelligent decisions with your money. I promise you that. I promise you that. I promise you that. So until Thursday, I want all of you to stay safe. And don't you ever stop yourself from being who you are meant to be and what you want to do. Remember, everybody, we are unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. See, I win every single game. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Unstoppable today. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.